0: You may end up watching 400 players, writing 400 reports. You just love the process and know that those boxes needed to be checked. Then you kind of have a sense of peace about what happens at the end of it. When you're going to invest that much money, that much time in a player, you just want to be sure about who you're bringing into your building. So you just want to be sure about that you know, you've checked every box along the way to make sure you're making the most sound decision.
1: Well, after we had podcast after podcast last week, this is now episode 145. We thank you so much for tuning in to all that draft coverage. That tiring week is finally over, Gabe. I
2: think they're podcasted out.
1: They are probably a But they're a back again
2: bit. thinking about what this new Vikings regime is going to do with these players that we yeah. got this past weekend. So. I think
1: it was great to kind of sit back and not make quick judgments on things. You know, we saw the picks, did a little research. Got a chance to listen to the podcast where you guys uh, broke everything down from Lewis scene all the way to Nick Muse. And so I think, uh, yeah, it it was good to kind of get all different perspectives on it and to understand the why behind the picks, as I know you'd like to say.
2: It's always good talking to these guys and understanding what they're going to add as far as value to this team when they actually put on their, their, their jerseys and their shoulder pads and helmets. But this is the time that we get to be able to hear these guys as people and to understand who they are as people and, which is why we both of us have the opportunity to talk to some of these guys that are. Then the interviews are on Vikings dot com right now, but to talk to some of these guys just to hear, okay, what's really gotten you to this point? And every story is different. So mm-hmm. just being able to talk to these guys, they're young, they're still, they they still want to talk to us. So that's that's the that's the uh, <laughs> that's the number one a good thing. point
1: though. Like yeah. it, a lot of these interviews, like they can talk about their play, but you've watched yeah. the film, you read their draft profiles, but the man behind the helmet or the man under the helmet, as they would say, is what these. One on ones are really for. And as you mentioned, they are dropping some, we are dropping some more of them this week with some of the later round guys. And I, I keep saying this and I can't say it enough, but I just feel walking away from every conversation that I've had with these draft picks, whether it's those guys drafted on the first night, the last night, as well as these free agents, very grounded individuals. They all seem very intelligent. They seem like humble guys. Like I'm really excited about this group of new faces.
2: Yeah, and then I think a guy that stands out to me is probably Ty Chandler, uh, a guy that that comes from a, a background where his mother, well, his grandmother and grandfather worked at a dairy farm and they owned cows and they owned cows in Mississippi, and then they kind of you know made some money, moved to Nashville, and then. Kind of figured out, okay, well, I could, this football thing may work out. And ultimately, he got to Tennessee, had some some years there, played really good football there, and then went to my Tar Heels at the University of North Carolina and had a breakout season. So hearing stories like that of, you know, the person, of like, mm-hmm. you know, that perseverance of being on that dairy farm and understanding that, hey, if I can make it from here, I can make it anywhere. Th- these are the type of guys that Quasey and Kevin want to have on this team. And I think ultimately that makes this locker room better. Because you already have good locker room you already have good guys in the locker room already that um have their own story but understand that you know this is a team thing so your background and my background may not be the same but we're working towards a common goal and i think quacy and kevin are all on board of that of bringing all those personalities all those perspectives all in one locker room to ultimately make this team that we call the Minnesota Vikings as good as possible.
1: It's going to be great. I mean, next week is rookie minicamp. We'll get all those new guys in here as well as the undrafted free agents. And we'll get our first glances at what they're going to be like, how they interact, see them in the hallways. They get to walk around here and get a feel for it before the veterans come in. It's funny because, you know... Uh, you blink and you're like what off season you got the draft you roll into rookie minicamp you roll right into OTAs you get a little bit of a break then it's training camp and mandatory minicamp smished in there I mean we're off and running now
2: once we start it it just feels like it doesn't stop Mm -hmm. and I think just just like you said you know it's just like you snap and it's like oh shoot we're already here and I I remember I saw uh, Justin Jefferson in the elevator earlier this week and basically I was like yo you know what's up and he was like bro can you believe it's been three years? And I was like, don't tell me that. Because it feels like JJ was just getting drafted. So to your point of like when you snap, three Mm -hmm. years have gone by. And when, you know, the next time we snap, these guys are going to be rookies. They're going to be, we're going to be like week eight or week nine. And we're going to be figuring out, okay, well, this guy was a good pick. This guy, he probably got another another year of development to get to that point. But this is, this is the time of the year that we want to be in. We thought we were going to have a a slow off season.
1: (laughs) Not so good. The off season
2: actually felt like the regular season. And the fact that the regular season is coming up, mm-hmm. I, I, I would expect Vikings fans are excited um, and, and, and ready for these sleepless nights to pay off eventually. I think we all are.
1: There's a lot cooking around here. There yeah. really is. And it's not just rookie minicamp. We just had the exciting news earlier this week. That the Vikings will be playing in London, mm-hmm. fancy London town.
2: Week four against the New Orleans Saints, and this is this is like a, a really good opportunity for the Vikings because we lately we've had the Saints number, but still yeah. uh, I would I would say the Vikings don't want to go back to the I guess it's a Caesar Superdome at this point because the last time we were there was on Christmas a couple of years ago, and uh, Alvin Kamara put up five touchdowns. So the fact that it's at a neutral site, there's international fans. Which will more more or less be Vikings fans because we travel really well. We got a good fan base out there also. Great so this, fan base in the UK. This is gonna be a really good time, a really good way for um the Vikings to continue to spread, you know, their arms and their wings internationally across the world. Yeah,
1: for those fans who might be wondering why, you know, we're we're headed back to London. This will be the second time. We went in 2013, 2017, 2-0 in England and UK. So that's always, you know, working in our favor. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those things is because in this off season, the Vikings bid on two international marketing locales. So you we now have the rights to market the Vikings in the uk and canada and so i know that's kind of like the um layman's terms of what is going on as far as that goes but this really really helps the minnesota vikings brand go global and i even spoke to the lad <laughs> I'm yeah, look that in at there. you his name is adam lawther he announced our fifth round pick yeah he had to say it says he a i think i'm saying it right just how did, so how did he it. say did he say it right Honest to God, I I have Adam's WhatsApp number because I interviewed him in in, uh, Vegas and I was trying to like connect with him. And I almost, I didn't want to weird him out, but I almost messaged him and said, you just nailed it. Because I talked to him, I was like, what happens if you get some name that you may have like a more difficult time pronouncing? You know millions of people are watching, all Vikings nation, like – that's gotta be stressful. And he was just so excited. He was a little nervous about the name, but he nailed Essezi's name. And I was like, wait a, g-. I like literally said to my television, go at him.
2: <laughs> the thing is, I'm happy for him. I'm happy that um, he nailed the name. Me too. But just being here back in Minnesota when you guys were in Vegas, we were, Scott Kegley and I, who's in charge of. Um this get the Vikings to enter, get the Vikings to London. He's been to London a couple of times to make sure the transitionist move does really good work for the Vikings. But we were talking, we were like, okay, all right, we got this twenty one year old that is flying from London to Vegas on a Thursday mm-hmm. and he doesn't have to announce a pick until Friday. Or Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Until Saturday. I was like, what are the chances that this guy doesn't make it on stage?
1: Oh no. Well once you meet Adam, <laughs> you know that he's a he, great guy. Great guy. His a uh, little brother went with him uh who's under 21 so you know they have they had to kind of be tame in their fun which mm-hmm. adam say doesn't drink so you know he was he was having a good time good nice quality fun yeah out at the nfl draft streams he, I mean, he had to be in the inner circle every day like mm-hmm. he was there for one thing and one thing only to be a devout vikings fan and and he's a great kid you can actually i the interview is on youtube if you want to check him out he's Really interesting. Um, I know one thousand percent that he will be at the London game at Tottenham Hotspur Tottenham, Stadium. Yep.
2: So and it's the newest. That Tottenham Hots, Tottenham new Hotspur one. is the new stadium there, and they they've made it to actually hold NFL games. Like it, it's That's a awesome. soccer stadium, yeah. but it's built for a NFL venue also. So
1: that was an argument in my household this week okay. when I hadn't really looked up the details of the stadium, and my fiance was like. It's it's in Wembley. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's the Tottenham Stadium. He's like, that's Wembley, and I was like, no, 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 no. it's not. And and I felt so much like a because he's a huge Liverpool fan. I felt so smart. I was like, oh, excuse <laughs> me, it's not. Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> yeah. So but you yeah. were right. So you were right.
1: Yes. I mean, Wembley would be cool. Wembley would be cool because of the history. But look, I think that this is such a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't take a home game away from the schedule. We will still have nine home games, seven away. And one neutral site. And as you said, the rivalry with the Saints has grown so mm-hmm. much over the last decade, even more than that, really. A lot of hate between both teams, which always is fun to see manifest itself through the game, it's the game itself. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm jazzed for this. I think it's gonna be so fun and it's neat to get the Vikings out there. Um, interested to see how that works out with the bye.
2: Yeah, um, because usually Viking well yeah. not well, teams that have a I guess a game in London, they like always get the bye game, week. Yeah, and yeah, whenever you have, like you said, whenever you have an international game, you usually get a bye week. But since it's so early in the year, the Vikings are trying to work it around that yeah, they don't have a bye week. Not it. sure where they are in that process, but there's going to be a, a really good chance for the Vikings to to make their presence known in London. They did in 2013 at Wembley Stadium, 2017 they won in Tw- at Twickenham Stadium in, in London. So now this is the third stadium that they play in in London. So hopefully that the Vikings go can go three for three. And I know Vikings fans are going to be looking forward to the Vikings doing so. And the fact that, you know, more details will be coming out soon. You can just go to Vikings.com at Vikings.com slash London to learn more about that. The fact that those tickets will be coming available soon, I can expect a, a huge carpool of Vikings fans to, to make the trip over, overseas.
1: One thousand percent. I mean, people really haven't traveled that much in the last couple of years. And so this is such a great opportunity to go out and see the country Uh to see something new to have a new experience and Vikings fans. If I know anything over the last year or so that I've been following, it's that they love their experiences. They travel well, like you said, so I'm pumped to see it. I can't wait to see the rest of the schedule release that will be coming out next week. May 12th is when the NFL lets the teams. Well, really we find out almost just before that happens and they'll be released on May 12th. So we will know the entire Viking schedule, May 12th, have your Ticketmaster apps, Vikings apps ready to go because tickets will be on sale for those games. It'll be interesting to see if we start uh, you know, two away games last year, we didn't have a home opener until the end of September. So it'll be interesting to see how yeah. things start out. Including do the we preseason. Play the, yeah. Do we play the bears the last week of the season? Like we have <laughs> for six years.
2: Yeah. Do we play the, 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 I guess the green Bay Packers on Sunday night football again, Who knows? there's, there's a lot of themes that could happen. And there's, I think that, that is, that makes this thing much more exciting mm-hmm. because like, there's so many unknowns and schedule release day that. is like Christmas. Yes. Because it's like, Oh, we can do this. We can do that. So You can start
1: planning your whole entire fallout. You can look at it. I'll be like, hey, because a lot of that for me, too, you know, I'm like, oh, well, what weekend can my parents come up Mm -hmm. here to this game? What weekend can I get friends to come up to this game? And so it kind of becomes fun. You get to start seeing the fall as like, you know, the future and seeing what happens. And, you know, I'm actually very interested to see the effect that having a new coaching staff has on the amount of primetime games? Mm. Um, how many? How many? How does that compare to where they normally are? You know, because you've got a veteran quarterback coming back, this brand new head coach. You want to see what they do? Could yeah. that mean more primetime?
2: I, I will, if I had to bet money, I would say the Vikings would get a primetime game here because this is U.S. Bank is one of the best experiences, and experiencing that at night, like I don't think there there's many greater experiences in the nfl last year halloween we played the dallas cowboys oh, that was crazy. Uh, 2019 when we played washington here thursday night football um even when we played the Steelers here last year um thursday night football like there, this is an experience that the nfl wants and i will be surprised to have nine home games and that's not to have a primetime game here but we will see there will be a lot of opportunities and with kevin o'connell um his history of playing washington um well, well working in washington that may be a primetime game down a there in Washington. Game, that's a, exactly. That's a road, that's a road game. game.
1: Oh, okay. So you mean, okay. But the yeah. ones here could be the Cardinals,
2: Cardinals, the
1: Colts, the Patriots, Patriots the Jet, Cowboys. Is it
2: the Jets or the Jets Giants? Jets and Giants. We, I know we go there once. We go to MetLife once.
1: It says that Jets and Giants are home. Wow. I know.
2: So that might be, There's yeah. There's a lot going gotta, gotta, on.
1: There's a lot going on. No real clear ties right now. As far as, like, you know, sometimes you make those connections. Like, if we were playing the Rams at home, Kevin versus Sean, like, that would be a primetime game. But none of these are real. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Cowboys again, honestly. It was such a good matchup last time.
2: Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I'm just thinking of... What makes it more viewable? Not, yeah, you, you, no, well, not that I'm thinking about. Yeah, like the yeah, the, cow, view yeah view the Cowboys, <laughs> yeah, that's like the biggest. View, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got a point. <laughs> you got a point. So I could definitely see that yeah. game being yeah. being one, and the fact of the fashion of how that game ended last year but with yeah. mm-hmm. the the walk off uh, essentially. Um, I could. It, it's going to be some fun football. It's going to be a fun fall, um, and it, it's just so crazy that everything starts next week.
1: It is crazy. Didn't Kevin O'Connell play for Bill Belichick?
2: He did, uh, and he played uh, for the Jets also.
1: That's true. Okay, so Jets and Patriots could be there as well. Watching Kyler and Kirk, that would be pretty darn cool.
2: Kyler and Kirk.
1: So Matt Ryan's going to make his trip up here too with the Colts now. That's exciting too. Yeah, the, gonna, this is an exciting year.
2: I'm just happy that the Vikings only have 5 AFC teams. Just seeing how crazy the Gosh, the, right. the, the AFC was this past off season, yeah. I'm just like, okay, having 5, yeah, we do play the the, the Jets and mm-hmm. uh the Dolphins who basically reloaded. Um yeah. I'm, I'm excited to to see us play some of those NFC especially the NFC East. I think the NFC East could be um a, a down year for for that for that division. I mean, it's been down the past couple of years even though they had two teams make the playoffs, but still like 9 and 7 in that division is pretty much the winner every yeah. single year. So, we'll see.
1: They are the four teams with the least I'm going to say this completely wrong. With the Lowest strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. The four teams, the lowest strength of schedule, sit at the bottom, and Minnesota is at twenty. So the schedule favors the Vikings for the most part in this one, and then it could be the fact that they play the NFC East.
0: <laughs> that helps. <It> helps
1: <laughs>
2: that a helps a ton. Bit. And then when you play the NFC East, and I think we play the NFC North? AFC East also. Oh, like AFC, AFC East is yeah. you know they they have their their struggles also, but we'll we'll see. Like I said, we we mm-hmm. said this last year, right? Vikings should be doing this, should be doing that, but I mean,
1: we predicted 14, them one, to win be two and zero when coming in here to play the Seahawks, and that yeah. didn't turn out that well. So. Yeah, and
2: then one of those teams went to the Super Bowl, so anything, anything can change, I anything can happen, and the fact that this Vikings team now is everyone is here, everyone is working out, everyone is participating in practice, and then you got the rookies coming in next week. It's 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 about to be trial by error for a lot of these young guys. And I think that error is what's going to make those guys Mm -hmm. stay here for a long time.
1: And those guys that were just drafted over the weekend were carefully picked, scouted. They were just completely analyzed. And, and obviously there's a method to the madness behind drafting rookies that, you know, you're, you're basing off film and interviews and combine and, and and all the information out there. And I thought Kwesi presented this really In a really neat way that you know to him he sees things by numbers to coaches they see things on film to scouts they see things by like the tangible so like you kind of have all these perspectives that have to come into one and so I think that's why we are really excited to have this particular guest on the podcast this week because. You know, he was quite the busy man this past weekend.
2: Yeah, and he's a guy that that's worked his way up through the ranks, um, starting as an intern in Cleveland and then working his way up there and then getting a job here with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Chisholm Opara, Vikings National Scout, is the guest today. And I'm just excited just to hear his perspective because he he has – if you talk to him, like I've, I've talked to him a few times over drinks, and like he's very, very witty, and he's very – detailed and very organized. You can just tell that just from just, just from conversing with them and mm-hmm. these scouts, I mean, they, they get paid to to take notes and then they get paid to put those notes in the database. And then if they're the notes equal up to the value, that's when Quasi actually takes a look. Mm-hmm. So really great opportunity to talk to such a great guy who, who knows what he's doing. Yeah. All right, we got Minnesota Vikings national scout Chisholm Opar here sitting beside me in the TCO studios, radio suite. Um, Chisholm, this has been a journey for you. The Super Bowl is over for the scouts. You, the, the picks are in. But a lot of people don't understand that there there is a process behind getting all these guys in, doing all this homework, and actually letting these fans see who these people are, first as people and then as players. Like that process of leading up until draft night, when does that start for the scouting process?
0: I mean, realistically, it's, it's- – Exciting because the draft is what it is, but when you peel it back, there's so much work that goes into, you know, getting to that point. And for us, it, it almost starts a year in advance. You know, like when we leave after the previous draft, we're already on the spring scouting. We call it where we're looking at guys and prospects who are going to be coming out for next year's draft, mm-hmm. just to get a feel for what the um, the draft class looks like, to get a feel for what our fall schedule is going to look like. And just to get an early jump on on kind of what we're going to be looking at going into the next year,
2: man, that just seems like a a never
0: ending process. And this this is something that you have to love to do because Ab- absolutely. I mean, it's a grind, I, and I think you you can weed guys out quickly. A lot of people want to work in the NFL because of the glamour and kind of notor- notoriety attached to mm-hmm. it. But there's a level of commitment that you have to you have to have to spend that much time away from your family to spend them that much time just watching football. I mean, if you do anything for as much as we do it, at some point you're gonna burn out a little bit. So being able to hit that point, but also push through it because you have a deeper passion for it is something that, you know, kind of separates guys. I think that's
2: the interesting part. I mean, you you were talking off camera, off mic a little bit, You before you, so you started in Baltimore, Mm -hmm. and then you spent 14 years in Cleveland, and then after those 14 years, this is your fourth year here? Yes, sir. So that's a lot of time on the road. And, I mean, fans, when, they, when they, I feel like a lot of fans, when they hear about scouts, it's like, okay, well, it's kind of like a, a college coach. You you go recruit, you, you stay with your family for four or five days, and then you go see the player, go watch a game, and then you come back home. Like, you guys are on the road almost 24-7.
0: Right, right. There's a lot of people that you meet on the road that when you tell them that you work in scouting, they said, oh, that's cool. You just travel around and watch football games. And, like, that's probably <laughs> the least of what we do. I mean, there's so much – um, when you're going to invest that much money, that much time, that many resources in a player, you just want to be sure about who you're bringing into your building. So whether it's from a football standpoint, when he does on the field, what kind of teammate he is, you know, what kind of background he comes from, to just ca- anything that's going to push you to making those those sound decisions on who you add to your locker room because, you know, th- that could be the difference between a free agent that's making your team mm. or, you know, a first-round pick to bust out for your team. So... You just want to be sure that you know, you've checked every box along the way to make sure you're making the most sound decision.
2: So I keep saying this is the Super Bowl because the draft weekend for scouts and everyone in the front office, this is like when you guys get the, the, the I guess when Casey calls it, the, the one day of fame. Mm-hmm. And understanding that when, when that one day of fame is over and you get all the guys in, and maybe I'm saying one day of fame too much, but when, when that one day is over when you get all the guys in and the weekend is over, you get all the guys in, where do you start next? Like, where do you start in the next process because 2023 is right around the corner
0: right I think it's like to me at least it starts with a deep breath you know just to kind of exhale there's a lot of it's almost like until the draft happens there's almost this pressure where there's more film you could be watching is there another phone call I could make is there another practice I could attend so it's the first time in almost 365 days where you can wake up in the morning and know that like me watching more college tape is not going to move the needle. We've got the haze in the barn. We we've got who we've got, and hopefully you feel like you you did a good job on the process, which we do. You know, I, I liken it a lot to like a final exam where, okay. you know, you're you don't know the answers to the test, but you're prepping, you're prepping, you're prepping, and once you take it, if you do a good job, there's a sense of relief that comes from you know just being able to put your pencil down, close your book, and then mm-hmm. get ready for the next test. So. For us, that happens. You know, you take that deep breath, you recharge a little bit, but realistically, you know, before you go, you know, before the summer hits around June, you're already looking at players and prospects heading into next year. That's a, I feel like that's a, yes. a ten month
2: test. Yeah. Or I mean, you're studying your exam for ten months, and then you get three days to take it, right? And you only get one chance of doing it. And then understanding that is that is that more pressure, or is that like okay, like I. I did all my research now. It, it is what it is at this
0: point. I think it's I think it's the latter. I think it's okay. kind of if you, if you prepare and go about things the right way, then you kind of have a, a sense of peace about, you know, what happened. I think the the humbling part as a scout is that we get those manuals and those, um, hey, here are the prospects for next year, and you may end up watching 400 players, writing <laughs> 400 reports, you know, typing up all those notes on those players and then, you may draft two or three guys from your area. So it's like the returns on your work aren't great. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like if you just love the process and know that those boxes needed to to be checked, then you kinda have a sense of peace about what happens at the end of it. Four hundred players?
2: Yeah. That's like only two hundred and fifty six get drafted. And then there's what, fifteen, around fifteen free undrafted free agents? That's right. So you pretty much have a, <laughs> a, a, a internal database of just players. Right. Like, what What is that like? Just four hundred. Like I can't even like fathom four hundred names that if somebody said. Okay, name this player. And you got a background. You got a story. You got this, and boom, boom, boom. Like, right.
0: How it's, do you, How do you get your 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 mindset to to be able to? I guess withhold all of that. Well, it's one. It's it's kind of an, an elimination business. So you kind of have to watch them, even though the chances that they're gonna make it to the NFL are relatively small. And even smaller, they're gonna end up being a Minnesota Viking. You just wanna make sure that, you know, that player at Mankato, that player at Stony Brook Mm. is not gonna be the one guy that turns into the free agent or late round pick that makes it. So it's a little bit of an elimination business, but even like, you know, Quasi talks about analytics as Mm -hmm. being data, you know. To me, like, building up your database of players that you know, building up your databases of backgrounds or player profiles that have been successful, that have not been successful. Even the guys who don't make it, it's good information because you know, you know, when you look at the next player, you can kind of relate it to, you know, stories and anecdotes and, and game tape that you've seen in the past.
2: You've probably seen in, in almost your 20 years of being a scout, you've seen so many coordinators and coaches come and go. I mean, it's just a part of the business. People get promotions elsewhere, people get jobs elsewhere, and it's just the business of it. Does Does that change affect how you scout a player?
0: Absolutely, because uh, you know every coach kind of comes in with their own set of parameters on what it takes to be a good player. I think you know height weight speed is you know there's some things that are kind of immutable. Like that's what it's gonna be big to players play, fast players play, but when it gets down the scheme, um, that can be the difference, you know, mm-hmm. from deciphering whether a player is a good player or if a player is a good player that fits for you. You know, so to me, you know, having Kevin and his crew come in. And, you know, I've been through, when I was in Cleveland, we had a lot of uh, turnover there. And being in those meetings where the new staff comes in and kind of explains what their ideal player is, the traits that they like, how they want their schemes to work, uh, it's huge for scouts because it helps you kind of recalibrate mm. in your mind a little bit what you're looking for on the road. What's draft night like? In that room, of course,
2: like internal people, without saying too much, like we we kind of have an outside perspective of what the draft room looks like just from like coming in every now and then or – somebody brings a camera in Nate Vaughn, but is there, is there tension? Is there pressure? Is there like, Oh, let's do this thing. Like, like what is like, how do you get your mind set up for, for,
0: for draft night? Uh, draft night to me, to be honest, is like a, if you've ever played a night game mm-hmm. in, in college or in high school where you, there's this nervous energy, but you just kind of have to wait, you know, you, yeah. you almost wish you could just wake up and start drafting at 10 o'clock in the morning, just, just so you could know what's going to happen. <laughs> But you kind of have to, you know, you can't put your pads on. You're in the locker room taking a nap. You know, you're trying to be on the treadmill, just trying to find ways to get that nervous energy out of you, making sure that, you know, every all your preparation is in line and you're ready for the, uh, you know, for the test. So there's a part of me where it's a lot, it's just kind of a low, mellow, nervous energy that's kind of in the building. And you walk around and you see your, your co-workers, and they kind of have this look in their eye. You know, that game day look in their eye. That that people get so um, it's that's what it is. You know, you can listen to music. You can not. Uh, in the past, we've gone out and played golf. It's kind of like a stress reliever. But then when it gets when you see people walking around in their suits and you know guys who are used to wearing mm-hmm. team gear and jumpsuits all day, you start seeing <laughs> them in some ties and and pointy shoes, and you know that it's it, it's it's time to go. So that's the lead up. But in the draft room, there's kind of a. a a kind of etiquette or decorum that you want to keep because you know that you know as as tense as it is for you it's it's even more tense for the head coach for the general manager so you don't you kind of want to add to the vibe and kind of keep things loose if you can but uh not show too much emotion and just be ready to adjust to whatever happens
2: but it's kind of different because usually like when you play a game like you for me when I play when I play receiver like I had to get tackled for me to like get that nervous energy out of it. Right. Like I had, or like a basketball player, you get that first three and like, okay, like game starts to slow down. When does that slow down for you? Because outside looking in, it looks like the later we go in the draft picks, the more your homework and the more your research and all the data that you did comes
0: out. Right. Well, I, I played receiver too and I agree with you. that To me, the first hit is almost like, like imagine that we spend a year scouting these guys and there's a handful of players. I mean, not even a handful, There's Maybe a hundred players that you're like, man, this good, this guy would be really good in the Minnesota Vikings jersey. When the first guy gets taken, you mm-hmm. think they're all going to fall to you. Mm-hmm. Whether you're picking at twelve <laughs> or you're picking at twenty-nine, you're like, there's a chance that that guy is going to get to us. So mm-hmm. when the first player that you really want gets taken off the board, it's that's kind of the wake-up call that you're like, okay, like it's not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we have our plan. Other there's thirty-one other teams that have their plan too. So we just have to be ready to do what's best for us.
2: Yeah, and that's funny because Quasi always says, like, your draft. I mean, the Vikings draft board looks different than everybody else's. Like, how you value a person is different from what another team would. So it's it's very. I mean, it's kind of subjective, but right. at the same time, you have to be objective and trust that process. Of like, okay, I did a thorough scouting report. So that's that's really, that's really like very introspective to hear.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because like the the way I think of it is that. Any t- like there'll be times when we're in the draft room together and we start watching a player that we had maybe in the sixth round and then we keep watching them we keep watching him, and we're like, you know what? there may This guy may be more of a fourth or third round guy. And as excited as you get in the room to be like, hold on a second, we may able to be able to get this guy. Mm-hmm. I always try and keep perspective that there's probably somebody else in some other scout room watching the same exact film, having the same exact ideas that we have. So as much as you think that – you have to keep that level of humility that as much as you think you have good ideas and you have a good plan that there may be somebody else who's thinking the same exact thing and then just be ready to, uh, to uh, attack with that mentality. A couple more questions. Um,
2: Do you have, I know this is a team, everything is a team sport. Every, I mean, every aspect of what the Minnesota Vikings do is team. But do you have a player that you have scouted that you can say like, okay, I'm proud of like the homework that I did on him because that's just how he turned out whatever his career may have been.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's a player by the name of Darius Jennings. Uh, he played a, a receiver at the University of Virginia. Okay, And he's a guy who I know, he went to the same high school as I went to. Um, he played quarterback at Gilman, um, was a standout quarterback in high school, and then went to Virginia and was a, uh, a very productive wide receiver for them. And um, when free agency rolled around, you know, we had him as a as a priority free agent. Mm-hmm. I had been in contact with him as the process unfolded because he, I had been through the process a handful of years before mm-hmm. him. He didn't have any, you know. I thought he was going to get a free agent contract. He didn't have any options after the draft. He called me, and it was actually between us in Cleveland and the New York Giants. Um, and I had watched his entire career because mm-hmm. I knew the kid. I knew what he was made of. Um, so we found a way to offer him not even a free agent deal, just a, a tryout. Wow on a tryout basis, mm-hmm. and he, he went from tryouts to making the team to being our starting kick returner oh, wow. to playing six or seven years in the NFL. and he's, And he recently, I think he retired, but that was a guy to me that, like, it was a guy who I had a connection with, mm-hmm. you know, and it was also a guy that, like, he – to see the process of underdog to six-year, seven-year vet – And just to play a a small part in that, like that to me was huge. Any
2: Viking? Because the first person I can think of is like Daniel Hunter, a guy that
0: not a lot of people knew about, but he gets here and I mean, look at how his career unfolded. Right, I mean, yeah, like this isn't uh, exactly a rags to riches story, but I was a big Justin Jefferson fan. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was my first year with the Vikings when I was scouting the Southwest there. And just um, being around him you know, listening to his story, watching him play. I remember when I was in Cleveland, there was a guy named uh, Joe Hayden and mm-hmm. Joe Hayden kind of had this energy about him where he just loved football. And he was, you know, we talk about energy vampires or energy multipliers, like he was an energy multiplier. Mm-hmm. Like when he came in the building, he just brought, he had a smile on his face. His teammates loved being around him. He played football for the right reasons. And, uh, and that was a, a huge part of his success. So when I saw Justin, observe him at practice, kind of heard his background, Joe Hayden's from a football family. Justin's from a football family. They kind of reminded me of each other, mm-hmm. and you know, he like to me. Justin Joe's the kind of guy that if he gets a, a Bose deal, he's gonna buy headphones for the entire defense. Nice. You know, and I, I think I, I don't want to put any pressure on Justin, but like <laughs> I, Justin strikes me as that kind of guy that he yeah. just loves the game. He loves his teammates. He loves being a part. Of, uh, of that fabric. So like, you know, Justin was one that stuck out right away. Man, now now look at him, right? Yeah, absolutely, it's fun to watch
2: him, man. So you actually get a chance to still watch Vikings games, even though, like, you're out scouting.
0: Like, did you ever just be like, man, I'm done with football today, like, I'm- Oh I'm no, like to me, like, it's almost the, like the reward for most scouts is watching their game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So you may be sitting in a Buffalo Wild Wings, you may be sitting, you know, in your hotel room, but like as you go through the college scouting week, like what I keep in the back of my mind is that like on Sundays, I'm going to sit at home and watch the Vikings. And normally once the game comes through, you know, I'll watch it on my iPad on Monday just because you can be consumed by the world of college scouting where right. you're looking at small school guys, big school guys, but you, it helps to tether yourself to what's playing in the league and what's having success. So watching those games, you know, I'm looking at our guys, but I'm even looking at, at who we're playing against because mm-hmm. next week I may be in Mississippi looking for somebody who's going to be playing in, at, at our level. So it helps to kind of have that, that reference point. Mm.
2: <laughs> Lastly, well, all all 10 guys for the Minnesota Vikings in the 2022 draft class, they'll all be here next week. Mm. Um, all that scouting, all that homework that you did finally gets put on the field on Friday, next, next Friday, May 13th. Like how excited are you to see just these guys progress? Because they all look good. Like Lewis and everybody's talking about him, Andrew Booth, these, you know, holes that we need to fill. But, from a scouting perspective and
0: understanding, you did all your homework to see these guys here. What's your excitement level? Oh, it's super high. I mean, we call it like Christmas in May because it's <laughs> you know you've been you get these gifts and you're like we finally get to put them in in purple and gold and see what they look like. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always storylines. I just love the storyline of you know this rookie. We think he's going to be this, but he has to overcome this obstacle. Mm-hmm. You know how's he going to do with the playbook? How's he, if you put him in a room with Harrison Smith, what's that going to look like? If you put him in a room with our veteran linebackers, like how, how much is that going to help his maturation process? So I I just love all the storylines of, you know, where they start and kind of watching their arc as they go. So this is to me, this is the first start uh, of that when they get here next week.
2: Chisholm Parr, Vikings national scout took, (laughs) I feel like we took too much of your time today. We appreciate every second of it. I'm sure Vikings fans uh, we'll be thoroughly excited about these new draft picks and, I guess, the future draft picks for, for when it's to come. Right now, only thing Vikings fans are thinking about is September. You're thinking about next September. So uh, always good to keep
0: that perspective in mind. Appreciate you. Okay, appreciate your time. Skol, Vikings.
1: It's hard to believe that his Super Bowl technically <laughs> is over and he's about to start his new season of player evaluations yeah. and getting ready for next year's draft
2: yeah these guys don't get a break well no. right now is their break but yeah, once bit. once these new guys get in here it's like all right well spring ball well spring ball is over for colleges but fall camp for for yeah. all these schools are starting back up early august late july so it's like all right well here we go let's do here this thing again. again so it, you you really have to love that job especially being on the road yeah um tracking all those hours logging all those hours all those miles on your car um, it's a it's a lonely man's job. If you if you really if you really ask anybody, it's a lonely man's job because you spend so much time by mm-hmm. yourself with your notes away from your family that when you have the opportunity to to present something to Kwesi is like, OK, this is this is why I spent all these hours doing this. So it's really cool just hearing it from that perspective. Definitely. And uh, kudos to Kwesi for acknowledging these guys in the press conference earlier yeah, this week you was don't see really that really
1: great you don't see that very often giving them a chance to speak and i know some of them don't necessarily love it <laughs> but it is a chance for them to put a face to the process that Kwesi is trusting in and, and you hear different perspectives and that's all what this collaboration is about. And maybe one day these guys are the director of player personnel mm-hmm. or whatnot, and they do have to speak. And so it's, it's, it's that same attitude that Andrew Barry took with Quasey. you know, he's a GM in the making. I'm going to help him get there. And now Quasey's paying it forward by helping these guys get opportunities to us as well. It's collaborative. Podium, you it's know? collaborative. For and sure.
2: Crazy is putting this, you know, money where his mouth is and his so actions far. where his words are. <laughs> so, so far
1: so good, right?
2: Now we just gotta see those guys on the field and perform.
1: I'm excited. I'm excited for this group of guys after speaking with them. Don't forget to go to Vikings.com to check out all of Gabe and I's one-on-ones with the 2022 Vikings draft class. We will reach back out to them again <laughs> when they get in the building a week from Friday, actually. And so we're excited for that. Uh, schedule release next week. And then we got rookie minicamp. Then we have Mantra OTAs. Minicamp OTAs. I mean, look, we're we'll put it to you this way: there'll be plenty more podcasts to come. We have an exciting guests plan for the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We appreciate you guys listening and have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. How about that, huh? <laughs> Enjoy the weather.
2: 75 in Minnesota.
1: Let's go.